In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Lord Jesus teaches us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. How good and right it is we focus on those words, Our Father, for they bespeak the baptismal miracle that God has worked in us, giving us new birth by water and the Spirit, so that it is, as St. John says, Behold what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. But how little we focus on those other words. Our Father who art in heaven. This morning as we celebrate all saints, we look with John in Revelation chapter 7 and glimpse heaven. It's a glimpse of the church triumphant, the heavenly church, and it has aspects that are both present and future. John writes, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number. Jesus says, Broad is the way that leads to to destruction, and narrow is the path that leads to life. Be that as it may, Here we read that in heaven is a great multitude that cannot be numbered from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. It's the throne of God and the very Lamb of God, our Lord Jesus, who takes away the sins of the world. That's the center of heaven. This great multitude, we read, is clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. More on the robes in a minute. Palm branches in the ancient world were for the celebration of victory. The victory that our Lord Jesus won once and for all by his death and resurrection is given to each and every saint. What's more, in the New Testament, palm branches are mentioned only twice. Here, and as the crowds are waving waving palm branches and strewing them before his way as he journeys first to Jerusalem and then to his cross to win the victory for us. This great multitude, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, is crying out together with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Not one iota, not one hint that salvation is in part our work. That salvation is in part our deed or our choice or our decision. All glory in heaven is given to God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Next we read that all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. Who are these elders? We don't exactly know. Probably they are 24 elevated saints, 12 representing the Old Testament tribes, 12 representing the New Testament apostles, the whole of Israel, God's church, gathered around the throne. And who are these four living creatures? They are probably among the very highest of all God's angels. They are depicted as being near God's throne, even carrying God's throne. Immense beings, 
four faces, Ezekiel says, each has, and their whole bodies covered with wings and all, with countless eyes. Around these four living creatures and the 24 elders are all the angels gathered. 10,000 upon 10,000 of angels. And if all you can picture in your mind, mind's eye is an army of chubby babies, then you've been spending too much time in holiday stores and not enough time in the scriptures. 10,000 upon 10,000 angels, warrior angels, angels of immense and incomprehensible diversity, all bow down in unison. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. It ought to give us pause if our worship is to be anything like heavenly worship. You almost can't be too reverent. These angels all fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Liturgical worship in heaven. And there you find that all God gives to his creatures, they simply give thanks and praise and glory and give it all back to him and put it in his service. The occasion of these angels' worship is the salvation of the saints. This great crowd of witnesses appearing in heaven for which the angels give thanks and praise. Why? Because it was one of theirs, a fallen angel, Satan we call him, who led our race into destruction. And now the work of their brother has been undone by our Lord Jesus Christ. So they rejoice. One of those 24 elders comes up to John. Apparently in John, or in, I should say in heaven, catechesis doesn't end. Because John finds himself being catechized. One of the elders addressed me, John writes, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I, John, said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Out of the great tribulation, and yet we hear that this great multitude comes from every tribe and language and nation and people. And so this isn't merely the great tribulation at the very end. It means all of us who come out of the whole great tribulation that is this fallen world and this fallen life and enter into the throne room of God. That is this great multitude. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What strange heavenly laundry that our scarlet sins would be made white as snow, not by any detergent, not by any man-made works, not by anything we have done, certainly not any cleaning up of our lives, but rather when the scarlet stains of our sins meet the scarlet of our Savior's blood, our robes are turned white as snow. Which is to say, 
No one comes into heaven apart from the blood of the Lamb. The only people in heaven are sinners who have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And you yourself, believe it or not, have already received this robe. In holy baptism, Paul says, you were clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness. It covers all your sins. So there's more to you than meets the eye. And that will be unveiled when you are in heaven and see that bright white robe for the first time given you all those years ago in baptism. And just as there is more to you than meets the eye, there is more going on here at this table this very morning than meets the eye. For here, the very blood of the Lamb, shed once and for all on Calvary's cross, is poured out into the chalice, and from the chalice is poured into your lips, as Jesus says, for the forgiveness of your sins. So it is that we see our Lord tenderly inviting sinners to himself, as if saying, come to me, you who have loved yourselves more than God. Come to me, you who have neglected your prayers and lived as if you mattered most. Come to me, you who have despised God's gifts and church. Come to me, you who have railed against authority in your place in this life. Come to me, you who have murdered and hated in thought, word, and deed. Come to me, you who are adulterous, defiled without and within. Come to me, you who have stolen and you who have not defended your brother from being taken advantage of. Come to me, you who have gossiped and lied and have not protected your brother's reputation. Come to me, you who lust and covet for all the ridiculous, foolish things of this world. Come to me, sinners, one and all, and receive in the blood of the Lamb the forgiveness of all your sins. Take drink, our Lord Jesus says, for you. And those words require your heart to believe. It is the very blood of God that cleanses you from all your sins this day. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. These are the ones coming, present tense, John seeing them, as it were, coming up into the heavenly throne room, which means this, those who have died in the Lord aren't dead at all. They're not unconscious. They're not in a dreamlike state. They're not transparent apparitions with gold harps sitting on clouds. They are completely aware, alive and alert. In fact, more themselves than when you knew them, more alive than ever before. In the unveiled presence of Almighty God, they stand and they are safe, loved, rejoicing with angels and archangels who are our fierce protectors and our kind and tender-hearted ministers, along with all the saints and all the company of heaven. And this, dear friends, is not the pious imagination of the church fathers or even yours truly. It is the word of God.
this great cloud of witnesses and multitude surrounding the throne with angels, with elders, with the four living creatures exists right now. It exists right now. Our Father who art in heaven with a whole family gathered around him. And whether we realize it or not, we are just the blink of an eye away. This life isn't all that much, at least not if we consider that what God has in store for us, eternal mysteries, eternal joys, all things made right. And this life at its end certainly isn't an end, at least not for those who are in Christ. It is only the blessed beginning. So how shall we enter God's presence and enter without shame? Only through Jesus. Only with our robes washed white in the blood of God's Lamb. In Him there is no condemnation. In Him there is no shame. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, John writes, and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. The image as if he will put a protective tent around them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. What a delightful turn of phrase. The lamb will be their shepherd. Because Jesus is the Lamb of God who has taken all our sins away. And Jesus is our good shepherd, or if you put it in Latin, our good pastor. And he who so blesses the saints in heaven comes this very day and says, This here is my body and blood given for you. There are not two Christs, one in heaven and one on earth, but there is one Christ. And here heaven invades earth. So our liturgy is right when it says that we worship this day with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. There's more to worship than meets the eye. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, their pastor, just as he is ours. And he will guide them to springs of living water, just as Psalm 23 suggests. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Which means this, that as we come out of the great tribulation, Jesus, our pastor, will be there to heal us, to wipe away every tear from our eyes, and to transform our mourning and sorrow into endless joy. See what kind of love the Father has given us, you and me that we should be called the children of God. And so we are, and so we pray, our Father who art in heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please rise for prayer. Let us pray to our, our Lord, our God, who raised Jesus from the dead. 
Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together into one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and so pass with him through the gate of death and the grave to our joyful resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.